And now, a special message from Chad Peace of the Independent Voter Project. With the 2020 coming to a close, uh, IVN's going to be looking at things a little bit differently uh, here in the next year as well. You know, for, for 10 years, IVN has been really a news platform dedicated to independent journalism, uh, accepting contributions from folks all over the ideological spectrum, focused on issues that don't often get covered in the mainstream. We've been very proud of our work, uh, rated center by allsides.com, rated least bias by media bias fact check. And that's been something we've been very proud of. Uh, heading into 2021, you know, we're not going away, but we are going to change your model uh, a little bit so that we can cover things a little more in depth. Um, so that rather than publishing traditional news articles on a daily basis, we're going to really be focused on programming so that we can grab an issue and really get down to the bottom of it. So. Uh, here in San Diego, J.C. Polk uh, is our local producer. Uh, we'll be working on producing this programming. And then a lot of the folks that have been with us a long time, T.J. O'Hara, some new, new folks, uh, local journalists will be partnering with us. But we're excited to uh, turn the corner in 2021, uh, provide a little bit different, deeper, and perhaps more interesting journalism. But we want to thank all our readers for sticking with us these 10 years. And uh, we look forward to a, a better and brighter 2021. Thank you. Good evening and welcome to The Extra Point, brought to you by IVN. I'm your host, Jeff Marston. Well, congratulations to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide 2020 National Collegiate Football Champions. If you've been following our shows, you know the subject of will college football or the NFL and or college basketball for that matter, actually make it through the season in the age of COVID has been a topic of much discussion and debate. Well, college football has made it, congratulations and good luck to the others. In the last episode, you may have heard about some changes we're making at IVN, including here on the Extra Point. I'll be talking a bit further about our future programming with IVN executive producer, JC Polk during the second half of tonight's show. But first, we're going to have an engaging conversation with a very well-respected and recognized psychologist. And if everything goes the way I believe it will, she's going to have some interesting comments and great advice about putting 2020 behind us and looking forward with gusto to 2021. The Extra Point starts right now. You're listening to The Extra Point with Jeff Marston, presented by IVN San Diego. Dr. Cynthia Burke is the Director of Research and Program Management for the San Diego Association of Governments, otherwise known as SANDAG, where she's worked for over 20 years. This evening, however, she's speaking on her own behalf about a subject that is near and dear to her heart and something she'd like to share with, with all you listeners and friends and colleagues who may be tuning in. A native of Miami, she received her BA in psychology from the American University in Washington, DC, and her PhD, also in psychology, from UCSD. She's a past president of the Western Society of Criminology, served as chair of San Diego County's Juvenile Justice Commission, and is an active member of the National Institute of Justice Community Corrections Research Network. Dr. Burke, welcome to The Extra Point. Thank you for having me on. Happy to have you. Um, 
Well, let me start for, for, for full disclosure here. I've known Dr. Burke for several years, and I'm going to say this just so I don't, you know, mess it up unintendedly. I've known her as Cindy. And I remember a few years back, um, I had the TV on, and, I, and there she was. And I go, oh, it's Cindy being interviewed. And I got closer to the set, and it said, Cynthia Burke, PhD. And I'm thinking, oh, I didn't know that. Cynthia, oh yeah, Cindy, Cynthia, that makes sense. Um, so I, I want those of you who are listening to know that we're on a Zoom call here and doing this interview and she's smiling, which um, is comforting to me because she could be scowling at me. So uh, I'll let that go. Um, God gives us, <clears throat> God, God gives the rest of us about 24 hours to do our stuff in a day, including sleep. And there's a big part of me that thinks he came along and gave Dr. Burke somewhere between 30 and 36 hours, because I can't see how she gets all this stuff done in, in 24 hours. Um, she has, a frankly, a high-pressure, high-profile job. She's raising three children, and everybody's favorite, Walter, your dog. And uh, you're a runner, something you have to train for. You're involved in the community. Um, and now this is where I'm going. Uh, those of you who follow you on social media know that for some time you've been sharing stories, sayings, self-help quotes, etc. And I'm presuming, again, presuming that this may very well be attached to your expertise as a psychologist, and it's all really, really well received by your followers. Um, but now, and I've seen you in a couple of interviews on KUSI, where there's no longer the association with where you work by your name, it's just you as a psychologist. Um, so before I ask you for some of your specific thoughts about today's world, what was the reason or nexus for this uh, sort of coming more out to share your thoughts with everybody. I know you've been doing that for some time on social media, but is this something you wanted to do, you plan to do, or or did, you know, KUSI just give you a call as they have in the past to talk about what you do in your, your day job and knowing your profession, ask you to come out and talk about it? Um, that's a great question. Um, so I guess I would say self-help is a passion or spirituality. And in the field of criminal justice, which is where I started at SANDAG and in my work in the San Diego County and the region, there's um, a new therapy called cognitive behavior therapy. And it's how we can change our thoughts. And what I realized is I'm, I'm personally not in a 12-step program, but I think that everybody has an addiction to something. And I think that a lot of people, um, myself included, you can either be focused too much on the past, too much in the future, um, and really all there is is that present moment, whatever your spiritual or religious beliefs are. And we can all benefit from, from changing how we look at things, how we think about things. And 2020 was a year that we did not expect. I think it's fair to say that everybody lost something, whether it's a loved one, whether it was a job, whether it was experiences. And it really did, my personal belief is it, it was kind of a slowdown that I think many of us needed. And in that time, I was able to kind of take a step back and think about what I've known. And, and I felt like maybe a little bit more positivity was needed. We had a lot of um, social issues. We had a lot of political tensions going on. And I thought if I could do one thing to make it a little bit more of a, a pleasant, happy environment for people who are on social media, um, I was going to, and I got positive feedback for it, so I kept doing it, but it's a scary thing to put yourself out there. So um, thank you very much for the, the kudos. It's, um, it's been a journey, and 
I guess the other thing I'd like to add is, as we're going into 2021, is with mental health or and just staying positive. It's kind of like physical fitness. You don't do something once. It's a journey for everybody. So I don't want it to look like I have all the answers by any by any stretch of, of, of the equation. It's really um, something that's one day at a time, and I think we can all lift each other up. Well, those are great points, Dr. Burke, and, and it certainly is a little scary to put yourself out there. Um, I hesitate to do that myself on Facebook and the big difference between you and me is you at least know what you're talking about. I, I put myself out there. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but, but, uh, it is, it is a bit scary. Well, you've, you've sort of touched on this. Um, will you share with us some of your observations about people and how they handled things last year in light of the pandemic you mentioned, and I would include the loss of loved one, loss of jobs or income. Um, and perhaps more to your expertise, the psychological toll on people. You know, it's, um, it's interesting since we don't know it's over with yet. Um, and it's for, it's interesting thinking about type A and type B personalities and introverts and extroverts. And I think that um, we've all been the, the uh, analogy I wanted to use um, when I've been speaking to people is we're in a, all in the same storm, but in different boats. And I say that because I think that there's people who are living in households who don't get any alone time. I think there are people who might be socially isolated. Um, and it's one of those things where um, we need to, 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 to take care of ourselves and to um, show ourselves grace, show others grace. And I think that it's really going to be um, a, a long-term, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with telecommuting. I've been telecommuting since this all started. And I thought at first that, you know, extroverts were going to have the hardest time with what's going on. Um, and I'm personally more of an introvert who can turn it on, on a one-to-one -one conversation, but I, I value this time here. And I was speaking with someone recently and I'm not sure where she had heard it, but she said, she's heard that it's actually introverts are, are going to have the hardest time because that mus muscle that we had to flex going out in the real world and interacting with people on a daily basis, we haven't been working it. So it could be anxiety provoking thinking about the transition back to real life. So I really think that this is going to be a, a long haul um, of how we do this and what do we want to bring forth from, from the stay home order, this pandemic. Um, what do we think maybe our lives improve with? And then what do we want to leave behind? What did it teach us? It's a really interesting point about the introverts versus extroverts. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Well, were, were there any positives from 2020 people can take away? Oh gosh, you know, I, I can only speak. I know, for I, know that's kind of a, I know it's sort of a sort of an edgy question, like what kind of a question is that Jeff, but I, I've heard that there, it's almost like a slowing down or things that, you know, change have been good good for us yeah so it's you know i i i'm hesitating because i don't want because i haven't had any i haven't lost a loved one i haven't lost a job i don't want to make it sound like um it's been easy for everybody so just from my own personal experience knowing that everybody's um how we're talking about that k-shaped recovery i think about individuals who are who are essential workers who are struggling to homeschool their children while they're trying to work outside the home Definitely don't want to discount any of that. I think um, what we can take from it is that there's been a lot of um, dialogue, um, and I hope that dialogue stays positive. We've seen a lot of different um, ends of the political spectrum and discussions going on, and I think that when we consider, um, in my best light, I'd like to think that everybody wants the the same thing. We want safe communities and 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 
and thriving businesses and opportunities for everybody. And we may just differ on how to get there. I hope that um, regardless of where people may fall on different sides of the political spectrum, we can move forward right now as a country in, in 2021. I hope we can keep having the discussions that have come to the forefront about social inequality and how do we face those head on. And on a personal note, I think that it's um, how do we look at the slowing down? Have, did we, where are we putting our priorities? There's a, a lot of um, things in, you know, why do we chase money or chase the, the achievements in life? And then you realize that what really matters is, is the ones we love. It's those little moments. There's a great Brene Brown quote um, that says, joy comes in ordinary moments. Don't miss them chasing the extraordinary. And I think that that's one thing I kind of took out of 2020 is it's sometimes just watching those sunsets, playing those Scrabble games with your kids. It's not always, you know, getting the achievements are going to come, come and go. I'm not saying we shouldn't have goals, but maybe that's slowing down and really thinking what matters. Great point. Great point. Well, looking, looking forward, what are some of the self-help tips you'd offer folks as we launch a new year? I was, uh, again, looking at the, the KOSI interviews. Recall you had three points in particular that you'd like to make about that. Yeah, so, so personally, I like thinking about intentions or um, kind of themes um, for the coming year rather than a resolution. Um, and so the three points that I made when I went on KUSI talking about this initially was um, that a good life comes from a good day. And there's, there's only two things in life we can control. One is ourselves and one is our, our, the story we tell ourselves about what things mean. And so in terms of controlling things for ourselves, um, what I did last year was think about what does a good day look like for me? Because a good life is going to be made up of good days. And I try to make sure I include that, whether it's being physically fit, whether it's meditating, drinking enough water, planning ahead and to eat healthy, um, finding time. So I'm not sitting on zoom meetings all day, but how do I, how do I do that on a daily basis? And it takes some planning. And I think that it's, looking at what makes a good day for me may not be the same thing that's a good day for you. So really taking that pause and say what makes a good day and try to make more of the 365 days we're going to have in 2021 be good. And that's something for you. Um, the second thing would be um, our, our perceptions. And what the thing that I talked about when I went did go on KUSI was we as I said, we can't control, we only can control ourselves and then we can only control um, our perceptions of things. We can't control other people. So we all have stories in our past that, oh, I'm not good at that. Or there's um, a book that's called The Four Agreements. And one of the four agreements is do not make assumptions. And it's so easy to take things personally. That's the other, um, one of the other two, four agreements is to not take things personally and not make assumptions. So if things happen that don't go the way that we think they do, what story are we telling ourselves about that? And I think that's important to check in and do that. So instead of saying, why is this happening to me? Say, what can I learn from this? And that speaks to the whole looking forward instead of backwards. Taking, we can't change the past, but we can bring that lesson as we move forward and how do we incorporate that into our life. And then the third tip I talked about initially was having grace for ourselves and others. This really is not a relay race, it's a marathon. Um, everyone, uh, I heard something that kind of changed how I looked at things last year was what would your life look like if you assumed positive intent on everyone's part? And so instead of assuming the negative, um, there's a psychology theory um, that has to do with social attribution. And the theory goes that we're more likely 
to excuse our behavior by uh, situational factors. But if we see somebody else doing something, we blame it on their personality. So if you see someone driving crazy down the road, we may say, look at that jerk. They're driving so unsafe and, and you make an attribution that's about who they are. If you're the one that's driving like that, you might know you're late to a meeting, that you really have to go to the bathroom, that whatever it is. And so really take that pause and assume positive intent and have grace for others as well as grace for ourselves. That's a great point. I, I, I've thought about that from time to time. You know, what, what's wrong with this guy? And then two days later, I'm what's wrong with that guy <laughs> for mm -hmm. one of those reasons. Um, one of the things I, I heard, and it's just a, a, a comment you made in, in one of the interviews um, about uh, meeting the moment, do it now. You talked about, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I want to run in the 5K, but I'm going to train for it first. And you're, I'll just let you finish what you, with what you said about, you know, don't just look at it that way. Sign up. Yeah. So um, with the presidential inauguration this month, I've been looking at a lot of presidential quotes and some of the themes that they've had. And one was um, Theodore Roosevelt had said, if you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. And um, so as you mentioned in the intro, I, I do run. And I had a friend who I was trying to encourage to run. And she said to me, okay, well, I'm gonna start training. And then once I feel like I'm, I can run three miles, then I'll sign up for the 5K. And my advice to her was, no, you need to sign up for the race now so that you have something to motivate you for, have personal accountability. Um, I mentioned the four agreements. The third of the four, four agreements is impeccable, being impeccable with your word. And that's for others and with yourselves. So um, what I tried to say there again is the daily rituals are so important, but how do you check in with yourself about holding yourself accountable for those? How do you make your life easier to make those possible? Um, and then meet the moment. We're all, whether you set resolutions or intentions, as the year goes on, it gets harder to keep, to make behavior change. If behavior change was easy, we'd all, you know, have perfect bodies, never just, you know, scroll through social media, no bad habits. Um, and so, but how do you get back up on that horse? And another way I like to look at it is, can you make a decision today that your future self will thank you for? I also love some of the presidential quotes you shared. And I, I know you, you looked at it, particularly inauguration day is coming up in a couple of weeks or, or whenever it is. Um, you mind sharing some of those? You shared a couple of them, but some other, you had Abraham Lincoln and Eisenhower and just, it was really fascinating. I thought there's- Oh, you know, it's- it's mystery buff or something that, you're, that you must be there, so. For us political junkies, I love the, the presidential quotes. But, and what I love is that I feel like there's, there's so many core lessons and themes that are in life. Like, you know, it, it's the, it, we don't always need to reinvent the wheel, but someone can maybe just say it a little bit differently that, that it resonates with somebody who it might not resonate in another way. Um, the Abraham Lincoln quotes that I had uh, shared were about looking forward and not backwards. And Lincoln had said, I may walk slowly, but I never walk backwards. And then he also said the best way to predict the future is to create it. Um, the Eisenhower quote that I had shared was, um, it's important, it was in regard to looking ahead, but then sometimes the, we, the only thing that's guaranteed in life is, is unexpected things happening. And when we plan too far ahead, um, you're maybe missing opportunities um, that might actually be better than you even planned for. So you think about like you're in another town, want to go out to dinner, the restaurant you go to is closed, you might go down a side street and find a better restaurant. But if you're just mad that you missed that one restaurant, you're going to miss an opportunity. And what Eisenhower had said was planning is everything, but plans are nothing.
<laughs> one, one more I'd like you to share, and I don't want to review the uh, windshield rearview mirror. I thought was just a great. I don't know who said it, but it was a the. Uh, yeah, part. that was, yeah, that wasn't a, a presidential quote, but that's something that I think is is another way is um, about how we can take our lessons that are learned. We can't change the past, um, but that the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. And just again, that reminder of, of to, to keep looking forward. Um, another great one, a quote that, um, that uh, I didn't get to share. Um, the point was not to take things personally. I mentioned that that was what I think one of the big four agreements was, but um, FDR actually said, remember you're just an extra in everyone else's play. And I thought that was a good kind of thing to put things yeah. into perspective. We, we all have lives that are as, rich and vivid everybody does as, as we do ourselves so again you don't know everybody's story exactly exactly you don't know everybody's story well um dr burke this has been great we we really appreciate your insight before we go are there any other thoughts you have about anything we discussed or didn't discuss that you'd like to leave with us as we jump into the new year uh including with anything you're looking to expand this this subject to to, to others anything you're looking to do well, I think since we just finished um, with talking about presidential quotes, I'm going to share one by Reagan. Um, Life is one great sweet song, so start the music. So 2021, we're ready. Let the magic happen. Um, and I am on social media if anyone would like to follow on Facebook, Cindy Burke, um, uh, Cindy Burke um, underscore SDCJ on Twitter, and then note to self 26 on Instagram. So would be happy to connect with anyone who's listening here. That's great. I'm sure they will. So Dr. Cynthia Burke, thank you so much for joining us this evening on The Extra Point to share your thoughts on how to look forward with a positive mind. We look forward to having you back at some point in the future. Thank you. It was wonderful to talk with you and good to see you, Jeff. Great to see you too. Thank you. Our pleasure. You're listening to The Extra Point with Jeff Marston, presented by IVN San Diego. Do you have a business, nonprofit, or campaign that needs to break through the communications clutter? For over 10 years, IVC Media has developed a suite of digital tools, data sets, and creative techniques to help corporate, government, and nonprofit organizations deliver authentic, innovative, and effective communications. Our teams in San Diego and Tijuana can help you overcome the most challenging communications projects in any language or location. Visit us today at IVC.media. The COVID pandemic has hit America hard. Nationwide, black individuals have seen 2.6 times greater infection rate than their white counterparts. The news is especially frightening for African-Americans who are at a greater risk of severe complications from COVID-19 due to underlying conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, and obesity. I'm Dr. Shirley Weber, the Assemblywoman from the 79th, and I'm encouraging everyone in our communities to do their part. Get tested, mask up, and avoid gatherings. Visit blackcovidfactsd.org. You're listening to The Extra Point with Jeff Marston, presented by IVN San Diego, here on the mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to The Extra Point with Jeff Marston, presented by IVN San Diego. Well, after four months of The Extra Point on the mightier 1090, tonight we're premiering our podcast, direct from IVN. I'd first like to thank the folks at the Mightier 1090, especially Scott Kaplan and Alex Padilla for their support and the great working relationship we established. 
For our IVN podcast, we're going to shift our focus a bit. Our shows on the Mightier 1090 had a sports connection of some sort, and on occasion we'll continue to do that. But we're also going to mix in some serious discussions, debates really, about some of the big issues of the day. Our reasoning is really twofold. First, IVN is the news platform of the Foundation for Independent Voter Education, or FIVE. FIVE, in turn, is part of the Independent Voter Project, celebrating its 15th year of existence. IVP has, as its core mission, to provide voters with politically neutral, accurate, and reliable information about important public policy issues, and to encourage nonpartisan voters to vote and to participate in the democratic process. We have, as a principle, remaining steadfastly nonpartisan and non-ideological. IVP is best known for authoring California's successful nonpartisan primary, approved by the state's voters back in 2010. And here in San Diego, it may best be known for its authorship and leadership in the successful 2016 campaign to pass Measure K, requiring a top two general election runoff for offices in the city of San Diego. We believe democracy functions best when the most people participate and representatives should be accountable to their entire community, not just their political party. Our vision is to create a political environment where nonpartisan voters can participate actively and meaningfully in local, regional, state, and federal public policy decisions, regardless of party affiliation or lack thereof. IVP is not anti-party, we are pro-voter, and our news platform reflects that. And for the record, I say we, as I currently serve on the IVP board of directors and was privileged to have served as co-chair of the organization for many years. To these points, IVN is uniquely qualified and well-equipped to present the next phase of the extra point and present our show in a truly nonpartisan, unbiased way. And as twisted logic as this might sound, we're gonna have some fun doing it. Finally, I mentioned there were two reasons for our change of focus. The second being simple audience reaction. Some of the best feedback we had from our shows this past fall was from those dealing with the different points of view about the Aztecs playing football in Carson and the debate we featured on Measure M regarding the height limit in Midway District in the city of San Diego, including the sports arena. You like it? We'll give it to you. So I'm back with JC Polk, IVN executive producer, and we're gonna discuss our thoughts about future programming going forward and also talk a little bit about next week's special show. JC, as always, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. I mean, I, I have to say, I feel like you just read to me terms and agreement from like a new app that I put on my phone or something, but I'm glad to be here. Perfect, because that is exactly what it is. And I just want to make sure you understood that before we start talking. Well, but, but tell me this, for someone who, you know, back in my day, um, we have this thing called Cliff Notes. Can you give me the Cliff Notes of what you just told everybody? We're going to change a lot of the stuff in the show, and we're going to make it really interesting. And I may not be talking as much, so people will really enjoy that. Well, see, there you go. You gave us a short, the short and sweet. I think, I think I, on behalf of those who have a limited attention span, thank you for that. Well, you're, you're very kind and you're most welcome. Okay, so Mr. Smart Alec. Okay. Part of the, part of the, the, the thought process on, on, on changing what we're doing, uh, frankly has some things in, that I've had in mind for several years that 
that I have uh, been working towards and discussing with a lot of people who thought it was a pretty decent idea. And now maybe the beginning of putting it into um, motion. I'm sort of a political science. Well, I'm a political scientist. That's my, my training. That's what my degree is in. And I've been noticing over the past 40 to 45 years, a frustration with the way we have dialogue with people out in the, uh, out in the public. The, comp the, the issues that we're dealing with these days are complicated. Some of it can be too much in the weeds for people, I get that. And for the people who really love talking about this stuff, the conversations are way too brief. The, the networks, with all due respect, um, are kind of worthless in this regard because there's just not enough time. You can't, you can't discuss these kinds of things in a half hour newscast. The cable networks, um, personal opinion are, are almost getting just as bad. You have three major networks, um, MSNBC, Fox, and CNN. They certainly have their ideological leanings. And it seems that when you have a conversation, even some kind of a on-air debate, uh, and I'm being a little, you know, one size fits all here, but, but you have, you know, three people on a panel and two of them basically have the same position and you have one odd man or woman out. You have a moderator who is basically taking the side of the other two, uh, or sometimes you have all three with the same, uh, the same view of the world and you really don't learn anything. And you have this conversation for seven or eight minutes and then the host comes on and says, gee, this was a great panel. Um, we'll be right back to hear about the new way of growing flowers in Petaluma, California, or something totally not relevant. And I have been frustrated by this over the years because there's so much information out there. There are so many ways of taking issues and kind of peeling back the onion and figuring out how can we come to consensus on things? It's either this or that, this or that, this or that. And I think back to, this is like 30 years ago, I was running for the state assembly and I was speaking to a group of insurance people. I can't remember if they were agents or brokers or companies or whatever it was. And it was sort of a, they wanted to hear my views and then they were gonna decide whether or not to endorse me and write me a check. Well, the reality is particularly in those days, it was a no brainer. I'm a, a Republican they were gonna write me a check. They were gonna endorse me. It's, it's, th this whole thing was kind of ridiculous, but you know, you go and you, you do the little kiss the ring, thing, <laughs> kiss the ring thing and, and what have you. And at this um, session, I got this question. So what are you gonna do to fix the healthcare system? Which is, you know, rather broad question even 30 years ago. And I said, well, I see the healthcare system as a three-legged stool between the insurance profession, medical profession, and the legal profession. And if you look at what's going on in Sacramento in a broad stroke, you have you know, the doctors and the insurers uh, uh, authoring legislation that, that sticks it to the lawyers, or the lawyers and the doctors sticking it to the insurers, and whatever other combinations are left. And I said, my goal would be to screw all three of you, but equally. And it was one of these things where, as the words are coming out of my mouth, my brain is sort of going, what are you doing, moron? But it came out anyway. There were a couple of hundred people in this room, and I got a standing ovation. 
and I tried to keep a poker face because it was kind of like, seriously, you, you, you took that that seriously. But they had not heard, nor have I seen a lot of it today, 30 years later, a lot of the, we need to figure out a way where we all lose something and come to consensus. It has become a total turf war. And I'm not going to go on and on about this because the, 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 the uh, examples are endless. But if we were to take a look today at um, healthcare, it would no longer, of course, be, and I was being overly simplistic, it would no longer be, you know, doctor, lawyers, insurance, what have you. There's, there's, em, there's employers, there's labor unions, there's, the, you name it, there's all kinds of, of, of uh, folks involved. And you could have a three-hour debate amongst the medical profession just in by itself, doctors, nurses, healthcare uh, uh, professions, chiropractors, hospitals, outpatient surgical centers, pharmaceuticals, you name it. It just goes on and on and on. And so I think one of the things, sorry to go on and on about this, but one of the things that we'd like to do is to take a look at some of these issues and say, let's bring not one or two people with, with different opinions on it. Let's bring five or six people seven or eight people, all representing a different segment of the topic we're talking about and say, what's the problem and how do you think it's fixed? And have a civil debate, respectfully, no elected officials or people running for office allowed. You could have academia in there, you have professionals in the field and talk about without um, any real pressure from the outside, what they think would be the way to do it. And you could have a two or three hour conversation and you could have people listening who would be bored after a half an hour and turn it off. But you'd also have a whole bunch of people going, this is really interesting, this is fascinating. I haven't thought of that. And so that is one of the things I'm looking at not to do every week. It probably would be kind of a once a month type thing. And we could throw in there the kinds of things we're gonna do next week with our, our tribute to, to George Mitrovich and just a whole bunch of different things. But basically, since it's now our podcast, we follow the way that IVN and, and FIVE and the Independent Voter Project have taken a look at issues and lay everything out for people to make up their own minds. And then of course, encourage people to get out there and vote, encourage people to be involved in all those kinds of things. Well, I, I think you, you laid out several different things, Jeff, and I would dare not try to uh, go back and, you know, accentuate or underline or highlight any of them. But there are a couple of things that I would lift up. I, I, one, I think I've been very fortunate. One of the greatest pieces of literature that I've read probably within the last 20 years um, is with Noam Chosky, who talks about propaganda and he takes a... a, a a magnifying glass and really and really looks underneath the sheet of this thing that we call media and i think what has happened over the evolution of the last you know 50 70 years when we look at what me, what news was supposed to be about i think we've gotten we've get, one we've gotten lazy and two we've created out of that laziness unrealistic expectations i think the fact that we now tune into the same devices that are given to um entertain us to occupy our time. Um, I think it says a lot, you know, um, he said, uh, Noam said that the function of the media was to amuse, entertain and inform individuals with values, beliefs and codes of behavior, right? What happens is 
is that originally comes out of what they call the public square, where you would come and have discussion, share your thoughts in an effort to get information to help you make up your mind. The laziness comes in is where someone said, no, you don't even have to go to the public square. I'm going to create a public square for you, deliver it to you, put some bells and whistles around it, some soap advertisements, and hope you sit there all day long and do nothing. And then the dumber I can make you, the more effective it makes what I put here. And so I share that because it's been enlightening to me to, to watch news and listen to podcasts and listen to radio, even streaming radio, um, a lot more carefully. You know, um, believe it or not, a lot of people don't know that radio and television are not about the content that's there. It's about the advertising. The content is there just to keep you there between advertisements. And so I think when we talk about the transitions that we're getting ready to make um, at IVN and thereby at the extra point, it speaks more to the ability to us to, just like you said, let's not only have a real conversation, but let's see it within that conversation. If we can share some information that allows us to make some very fruitful decisions and be action oriented versus just um, like you like to say, Jeff, just yakking it up the whole time. And I think that offers some great benefit. I believe that there's a great yearning, especially now um, for people to be a part of that. I think people have long since generated their own sense of opinions, facts, um, and would love to be able to express them sometimes in the ability to persuade and other times to be persuaded. And I think that if we can provide that platform, I think then you get to that second level of the aspirational goals of IVN, which is, okay, now be empowered with the information, make a decision and be active, be an active citizen in this system that we call politics, right? And so I think we have a great opportunity. So I'm, I too am grateful to Scott and, and Alex and those at, I've, uh, those at um, the Mightier 1090. Um, they gave us an opportunity to kind of start this, and now we look to take it to another level. It's like a commencement, so to speak. And I think it's great. I think with you at the helm, with, again, you know, it's, I think it's no, it's not lost on any of our listeners, the, the extensive uh, knowledge and history, knowledge of history of San Diego that you have, the extensive network that you have, the ability to be able to think, and the influence that you had, and the impact. Um, I mean, we've talked about many of your stories here uh, on the extra point, whether it is um, the sporting goods store, AMB Sporting Goods in, in North Park, whether it is um, the, the Mission Valley um, project, like all, all these different things that you've already done and yet you continue to work and the, the ability to still have some knowledgeable conversations to influence people who may be transplants to San Diego like myself or to those who may be fellow journalists in the area who go out and try to share this information every day. So I'm excited about what Chad Peace has led us to do um, with this opportunity and how we're gonna widen our platform. Quickly, I'll speak specifically to some of the things that they'll see on the IVN site. Along with the Extra Point being one of the headlining podcasts, we're going to have a selection of other podcasts and stories that speak to different topics. And at the end of the day, it is about to inform first and then provide an opportunity for exchange and discussion for action-oriented work, not just, as you said, Jeff, just to hear you talk until we get to the next commercial. So. I'm, I'm excited, um, and I think it is in this day and age, it's the, it's the direction to go. Is it going to be a challenge? Yes, because it's not, it's not the norm right now. So I'm looking forward to it, to tell you the truth. Well, I appreciate your comments, JC, and your, your, um, and your eloquence. I'm, I'm smiling kind of listening to you because it's the classic case of um, you taking what I said and kind of condensing it. I joke a lot. Uh, unfortunately, it's not really a joke. I joke a lot about having been in politics 
before, and I can take um, 20 minutes to explain to you why today is Wednesday. And at the end of the day, you, you've, <laughs> you've just taken what I said and, and summed it up in about three minutes. Yeah, right? but you know, you, you would never want to put a, if you had given your druthers, would you rather put a pot roast in the microwave or a pot roast in the slow cooker? I mean, really. A slow cooker. That's yeah. right. That's yeah, right. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to use that. I'm gonna, that's going to, how I'm going to push back on people, give me a hard time. Hey. But seriously, I mean, I think, yeah, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a great opportunity here um, to do things that, in a way, nobody, nobody else is really doing it. And part of it is, is, a, is a term that you used at the beginning of what you were saying is the low-hanging fruit. And I think, respectfully, to the media, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that they look at. Um, and that's really not unique to the media. I think there's a, uh, our society has become kind of a low-hanging fruit bunch where, you know, you got to really, you know, look for stuff. And I think we can, we can look for stuff. What I'm looking to do is it, issues or, or what have you and say, and talk about things that nobody is willing to ask. There's a lot of that. And I yeah. understand why that is. There's, there's, some of it gets a little bit edgy. And some of it, you know, you, you, you say this or that and you're accused of being this or that. And I get that. But I think that that uh, some of it needs to be needs to be out there in, in a whole bunch of things. And this is, you know, local issues could be state issues, national issues. Um, and we're going to sit around and talk about, you know, what are we what are we going to talk about this week or this month? And like I said, I, I, I don't I can't imagine trying to do the kind of thing I was originally talking about every week. I mean, you're going to have right. you know, you're gonna have a staff of 15 people doing all that kind of stuff. But maybe we can do that kind of thing once a month and then throw in the tributes to George and the, you know, like we, the, the sin, uh, Dr. Cynthia Burks that we had on tonight, you know, just really have a, a frankly, a good time with this. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm th looking forward to it. I think, yeah, I think, and, you know, I always like to tell people you, you have the greatest to accomplish when you're your, mo when you're your most uncomfortable, right? Like that, then yeah. I always look at it as the, the one thing that many of us have the blessing and the curse to have to rely on to, to our ending day is being able to walk. And that was probably one of the first most scariest things that we ever had to do. Getting up, falling every time, getting up, falling every time. But then look what we do. Look how often we walk. Look at that is our number one, barring any type of disability, our number one mode of transportation. And so I think we have to develop. And if, and if we look back upon this, you know, one day and say that we've been able to um, create a sense of, of uncomfortability for growth and action, I think that we've done a job well done. I mean, um, and I think you and I have had some conversations behind the scenes about some of the things that we can't wait to do. And I, I think you're definitely looking forward to our inauguration special. One, just from an, an, uh, an honor to be able to sit in front of a, a steamed, um, an, an esteemed group to talk about a hell of a man um, and not to take the thunder. I mean, I, you could tell it better than I can. Can you give us a little insight of like what we got coming up uh, on the 20th? I appreciate that, and and the and the uh, yeah. One one final comment, which you just said, the possibilities are endless. It's not like we're ever going to run out of material and looking at stuff. True. Um, a week from uh, a week from today, Joe Biden will be sworn in as the nation's forty-sixth president. And I was looking at the calendar, and I saw that our podcast would be broadcast that night. And I'm thinking, hey, I got an idea. There's a gentleman in this town who we very, very sadly lost about a year and a half ago named George Mitrovich, who was one of my, um, I'm sorry, I'm already, I can feel my, my eyes welling up a little bit. He was one of my dearest friends. 
and he was an icon in so many ways here. And I'm not going to go on and on about it because that's what we're going to do in the show. But um, he was a very good friend of our new president. And I thought, hey, this is, this is great. There have been a lot of tributes to George. Let's do a show in honor of George on the night his friend is sworn in as the 46th president. And we have reached out to, um, I think there's going to be, including myself, there's going to be uh, seven or eight people on the, the podcast um, from various walks of George's life, including, um, and as a Yankees fan, it's, this is kind of tough for me to, to throw out there, but including his relationship with the Boston Red Sox. And I say that with kind of humor and love because I spent a weekend with George in Boston as guest of the Red Sox and it was one of the most fabulous times I ever had. So it's kind of like, I can't, I can't even criticize them. They're wonderful people. And there's going to be, there's going to be three folks on the, on the show uh, who'll be joining us from Boston. Um, and uh, his brother will be joining us. We'll have our treasurer tax collector joining us, uh, former state senator and the, and the CEO of the uh, largest public relations agency in the county. And we're going to talk about the George Mitrovich that, that we knew, that we knew and loved, and the, and the contributions that he has made uh, to San Diego and indeed the state, and you can, you can say in, indeed the nation. Um, so it's going to be a tribute to George. And for those who didn't know him, I think they'll learn a lot. It will be some, it'll be a lot of fun. For those who did know him, I think it will be a lot of fun because we're going to go and, and with respect, um, sometimes maybe uh, it won't seem as much respect because we make fun of him because he was the kind of guy you could make fun of. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about George and, and all this in, in his honor and all this on the, on the night of, uh, of his good friend being, being inaugurated as our president. So um, yeah, I think, I think I, when, you, when, you brought, when you brought the idea, it just seems that it, it was a, it was, you know, a cinch to kind of figure out this is, you know, to me, the words that come to mind is a celebration of life. And I am in the category of those who didn't have uh, the honor of meeting him in person, but the stories that you've shared with me so far, the, the people that he's touched at the level at, at, at which he touched them, um, I personally am looking forward to it from a production standpoint, putting this show together and being able to um, hear some of these stories and, and let it add some color to this book called San Diego for me. So I'm looking forward to it. And I, you know, we're, we're, running, we're running out of time there, Jeff. But what I would do is normally I'd sit there and tell you, Jeff, it's time for the close. And then you would go in and you would do the close. So Jeff, it's time for the close. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, JC. So that wraps up tonight's edition of The Extra Point. My sincere thanks to our guest, Dr. Cynthia Burke, for sharing her great insight. And as always, a special thanks to IVN executive producer, Jay Sue Polk, who you've just, you just heard quite a bit from, uh, for joining me tonight to discuss, to discuss, well, our future. That's right. Okay. <laughs> now, don't forget to join us next week as in honor of our new president. We also honor one of his great friends, San Diego icon, George Mitrovich. I'm Jeff Marston saying, I hope to see you next week. And to everyone, Happy New Year from all of us here at The Extra Point. You're listening to The Extra Point with Jeff Marston, presented by IVN San Diego.